0: we're gonna focus on spiritual disciplines. And I I love the way that Pastor Elliot sort of opened the series because he really wanted to make clear to everybody that there's nothing about the spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible, praying, worship, the other ones fasting, whatever the other ones are. Like there's nothing about that that is about like gaining more favor from God or somehow earning more love from God. Like we become more important as we do these disciplines or things like that. So you wanted to make clear that that's not what it's about. Right. But really the spiritual disciplines, all it really is about is having a deeper connection to God and and, and growing deeper in our relationship with that's that's what it's about. And so we're going to be focusing on that this year, but particularly in the summer, since we're starting the summer right now, uh, for the next 10 weeks, we wanted to invite you guys, let's study the Bible, and let's study the Bible together. And so what we're inviting you guys into for the next 10 weeks, which maybe it sounds like a lot, but I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, every week when the newsletter goes out, there's a link there to a Bible reading plan. And so I don't know if some of you guys are doing it or not, but for the next 10 weeks, we want to invite you guys to read along in the Bible with us. And, you know, maybe for some of you guys, like, you don't, Bible study is not like a kind of a normal rhythm of your life. And so, you know, the way that the Bible reading plan is set up is every day there's basically three readings. There's one reading from the Old Testament, one reading from the New Testament, and one reading from uh, the Psalms and Proverbs. And So maybe that sounds like a lot. It's like to go from zero to be like, okay now I'm gonna be reading three passages every day. If that sounds like too much for you, like bring it down. Like, okay I'm just gonna do the New Testament reading, you know, or I'm not gonna do every single day I'm gonna shoot for three out of the seven days of the week, whatever it is like, but if we could all just sort of kind of do it together, right? Let's do it together and and some of the things that we want to do to support you guys is one today, Uh, See, I'm relaxed today because you guys are going to be doing 90% of the work today, right? Today, I want to give you guys just sort of a crash course on some just ways to study the Bible. Like, how can you guys study the Bible if if this is not something that's, like, normal to you, not something that you do regularly? I want to give you guys some tips on how to study the Bible today. And then, number two, uh, we want to support you guys by every week on Wednesday, uh, the One Life City podcast. I don't know if you guys know we have a podcast. But the One Life City podcast on Wednesday, whatever the reading is for Wednesday, we're going to invite somebody from the church, like one of the teachers or just one of the members to share a little bit from that day's reading. Like just uh, here's here's the passage that I read this week. Um, here's how I studied it, right? And here's uh, how God spoke to me through. And just kind of invite you in to see somebody else and how they process the scriptures. And so we want to do that for you guys to help you come along. So that's what we want to invite you guys to do with us for the next 10 weeks. Let's, as a church, let's kind of read the Bible together. And so, um, yeah, so let's just kind of, I want just, to just give you a little bit of uh, help on this. So, you know, I'm gonna put up a verse here on the screen, second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 through 17. Right, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And just If you feel like the women were left out of that, the, man, the, uh, the word that's translated man there in Greek could, could mean men, or, men and women. So the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Uh, actually, I guess there's one more verse. Um, there's one more verse, right? No, no, that's it. Okay, sorry. So um, you know, I know that not everybody here in this place, like Pastor Atley was saying, we we even had like kind of a roundtable com- conversation yesterday about kind of the authority and the nature of Scripture. So I realize that not every single person in this room, and not every single person who's listening, you know, online, we maybe we don't all have exactly the same perspective on this book, you know, on the Bible, right? And we're, maybe we're coming from li- little different places. But I, I think the central conviction. Right, the central conviction that maybe we, we come to in this place is that this is more than just a book right there's a lot of great books right the lord of the rings mere christianity my favorite book whatever other i don't read very much so this are the only books that come to my mind there's a lot of great books in the world right but the central conviction i think is that this is more than a book right that there's something here that that god has breathed something into these books of scripture that we need that we need to really connect with jesus and and to to become the people that he has called us to be and so that's kind of the central conviction and why we are inviting you guys in to to do this with us this summer let's let's practice this spiritual discipline of of studying the bible together and just see like how god breathes into us through it like the analogy that i always like to use is i feel like scripture is like almost like this portal into the mind and into the heart of god right? That as we look into the pages and into the words of scripture, there's something about it. Just God has has breathed something into this thing. It's like a portal. It just opens a window for us into the heart and mind of God in a way that nothing else can. And so that's why we want to invite you guys into this. Um, So, you know, I have two young kids at home and um, I still, even though though my my older daughter is five and then we have like a newborn, but every now and I even did it just yesterday afternoon. I, every now and then if they're too still and too quiet when they're sleeping i have to check and make sure that they're breathing <laughs> i don't know if other parents do that like no matter how old they get i, I think i'll always do that like you're a little too quiet and, and, and i just kind of like get really close and get really quiet and make sure okay they're breathing they're there's they're alive right because if there is breath they're alive and i i think it, scripture is kind of like that too where if we get quiet enough and if we get close enough that pretty soon we, we, we hear the breath, or we feel the breath of God in it, and we can we see, okay, alive. <laughs> he's in there, and he's speaking to us. And so that's kind of what we hope you can experience more of as we do this together for the next 10 weeks. And so like I said, we're gonna invite you guys to do the reading plan, but what I want to do today is turn this into a little bit more of a workshop. So I'm gonna need you guys to help me out. Um, And we're just gonna study a passage together and I want to just kind of walk you guys through a method So this is the the my preferred method of studying the Bible. There's nothing magical about this method You don't have to know anything about this method, but um, This is kind of a a method that a lot of people have used over the years It's called the inductive Bible study method And so it's just kind of a three study uh, three-step method you observe you interpret you apply, right? And so there's, there's nothing magical about it, but I think this is helpful. And and I think the reason why this is helpful is something that we always have to remember that maybe sometimes we we forget is that there is a bit of distance between us and this text, right? That this, there is a distance of culture. There is a difference, uh, a a distance of history and context that, that it doesn't necessarily speak directly to us one-to-one though it is for us. That there is this this gap of culture history and context that we need to cross to make sure we understand it properly and so I think that this uh, approach kind of helps us remember to do that that we don't just read it and go okay God's telling me to do this but okay we got to do some work a little bit to make sure we're crossing those gaps appropriately and so what I want to do is just kind of walk us through and so we're going to practice on a passage so if you guys have your bibles either on your phone we'll try to put it up i don't know if we can put the whole passage up at the same time so i would advise if you have your bibles uh, on your phone or a physical bible to open up but we'll practice actually on today so june 5th if you look at the reading today one of the passages is matthew chapter 13. and so let's practice on matthew chapter 13. Uh, we're going to read verses 53 through 58 okay so matthew chapter 13 verses 53 through 58 so uh From this point forward, I need you guys to participate, so um, I need you guys to help me do this. But first, why don't we just go ahead and read the passage, and then we'll walk through the three steps of of the inductive Bible study method, okay? So um, if it's cool, let's go ahead and read this together. Okay, so uh, read read along with me, Uh, verse 58, go. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown And in his own household and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief okay so there's the passage and i literally like i have nothing written down about this passage whatever we get out of this today is coming from us together collectively literally have nothing written written down about this but the first step in the inductive bible study method is observation okay so observation is just really it's just a careful reading of the text that instead of like sometimes when we go to the Bible, it's like we want it to instantly like instantly tell me something to do in my life Right, but really the first step is just to read the text carefully Right, what does it say? Don't jump immediately to what does it say to me? But just what does it say? right? What is on the page and to, to, to read it carefully and just try to see okay What is it talking about and uh, and the other thing I advise on this first step is don't jump immediately to commentaries so maybe you have a study Bible or something like that. that has notes on the bottom. Don't, don't jump into those immediately. Just read the text and, and let it speak to you. Try to understand what's going on there. Okay. And so uh, I, on the next slide, this is going to be a lot of information. Don't worry, I'm gonna on the, on the uh, Facebook group after this, I'm going to kind of give you guys a summary of all this stuff so you don't have to like memorize it. But on the next slide, I have just kind of like, here's the kinds of observations you can make while you're reading the passage. So, uh, well, it's even smaller than I remember. So, <laughs> so here's the kinds of observations that you want to make as you're reading. Literary observations. Who's the author? Who's the audience they're writing to? What's the genre? You know, is it a, a narrative? Is it a letter? Is it a poetry? What is it? Uh, the setting, the who, what, where, when, and why. What, uh, is, is there like kind of like scenes, natural scene breaks? Are there, you know, who are the characters? Even though these are real people, who are the characters in the story? Are there people who are being depicted as villains or heroes? Things that God does versus things that people do. Um, emotion, conflict, tension, confrontation. Is there controversy? Is there questions and answers? Is there debate, discourse? Is there comparisons and contrast? Parallelism, imagery, symbolism, illusions? All these things that are on there, right? Is there, are there plot twists? Is there something that happens that's really surprising? Drama? Also grammatical, like, what, are, what do you feel like are the key words? Like, what, what are the most important words in this passage? What are the key phrases? Where are the verbs, right? Usually the verbs are, they carry the action, right? The verb is the action of the sentence. So what are the verbs? Um, is there repetition? That's usually something important. Conjunctions, like, if it says, therefore, or then, or so, so then, you know, things like that. Are there commands? Are there conditional statements like, if this, then that? Uh, cause and effect, are there warnings, figures of speech, innuendo, synonyms, lists. And then also cultural, like what's the time of the writing? Is there any particular occasion or circumstance um, that is kind of driving the reason for that piece of writing? Locations, landmarks, significant p- historical people, political, social, religious issues, all those kinds of things. And, and I'll, like I said, I'll send you guys this list so you, you don't have to memorize it. But these are the kinds of things that you might observe. and so. What I would like to do is, um, we read it together now, but I I want you guys to go back through it now. Read these verses again, and I want you guys to pick out some observations. Okay, so go back and read, and then I'll just give you like a second to kind of go back through it, and then I'm going to ask you guys to just sort of call out for me some observations that you guys are making about this passage. Okay. And again when I say observations like what does it say there oh yeah Matthew chapter 13 uh, verses the end of the chapter so verses uh, 53 through 58 13 53 through 58 so when 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 I ask you guys to share if if what it means to me comes out of your mouth then <laughs> stop right like we just want to know what's on the page okay All right, so let's just kind of walk through this together. I know that's not enough time, my, my apologies. But let's just start walking through this, some verse 53. Uh, let, let's start with just who's the, the who, what, where, when, and why, right? So who who's, who's in this passage? All right, Jesus, we got Jesus. Who else is in this passage? Townspeople? Yeah, and, and maybe more more detail about the townspeople? Yeah, from his hometown, right? So Jesus, he's going to his hometown. So these are his hometown people, okay? any. Any other information, the who, what, where, when, why, anything like that? Okay, right, so he goes to the synagogue and he's teaching, right, okay. And then, okay, so let's keep going. So then, um, so he goes to the synagogue and he's teaching, what's the people's reaction? (laughs) Yeah, later in it, but at first when he's in the synagogue and he's teaching, it says, what's their reaction? They're They're amazed, right, they're astonished. Um, And then they say, where did this man get this wisdom and miraculous power? So there's an observation, right? That they observe that, okay, Jesus is speaking with wisdom. And they also observe, like, either they saw or they heard of some sort of miraculous activity that Jesus is doing. Okay. Any other observations from there? What happens next after verse 54? Okay, yeah. It seems like they all know his family. And how do you see that? Yeah, so these these people in his hometown are very familiar with him. They know his dad They know his mom know all his brothers and sisters and okay. What else from there? What other observations then are you making? Yeah, so so they go from amazed to now they're offended. Okay, any other observations? So Jesus makes a statement after that somebody tell me something. Oh, go ahead. yeah so they're very like confounded by this because they're seeing wisdom maybe they're even seeing some sort of miraculous power coming out of jesus but it's like we know this kid right like that's the little kid who used to run around with our kid right and the the kid who was crying because he fell out of the tree and broke his arm or i'm just using my imagination here right doesn't say that right like we know this kid and we know his brothers we know the trouble that he was in Right? Or or this, oh, I guess he was probably not in trouble, but <laughs> sorry. So I got to counter my theology here. Okay. But like we're, we're very familiar with this guy and his family. And so they're having trouble reconciling these things. Okay. Any other observations here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so he'd been going around mm-hmm. yeah yeah be, he had been going around to different towns and he had been preaching people were following him he was doing miracles and then now he comes to his hometown uh, maybe he's there to rest but we don't know maybe he's there because he just wanted to go home and preach there too or, you know we don't know but yeah he's he's been doing this and now he's in his hometown okay any other observations Yeah, he did, what did he say, he did not? Okay, so it says, and he did not do many miracles there because, so it gives us a reason, what was the reason? Their lack of faith, right? So there's there's this connection being made between him not being able to do very many, I mean, it sounds like he did some, but he didn't do many miracles there, and the reason it tells us is because of their unbelief or their lack of faith. Okay, that's pretty good. Any last observations you guys wanna throw in there before we move on to the next step? Yes. Yeah, yeah, kind of going back to what we we're saying where it's like in the other towns, maybe there was more belief and For whatever reason in his hometown, there's less belief. Maybe it's because they're so familiar with him Like they, they know him. They saw him grow up. They know his family, right? And so for whatever reason he comes to his own hometown and there's just not as much good response to him not as much uh, Positive reception. Okay, so I think we've done pretty good. I think we've got a, a pretty good lay of this Passage. Oh, yeah one more Yeah. Yeah. There was like honor, and here he's dishonor. And actually, maybe we should talk a little bit about what Jesus says there. Can somebody try to translate into layman's terms or just in your own words what Jesus' statement means? Like, if you could just paraphrase what he's saying there. Yeah, a prophet doesn't get respect at home. He gets respect everybody, everywhere else except at home, okay? Like Rodney Dangerfield, which do people even know who that is anymore? <laughs> okay, yeah, I get no respect. All right, cool, okay, so I think we've done pretty good. We've got a pretty good feel now for the passage, and, and we haven't talked at all about like what is this saying to me yet, right? Just, what does it say? Okay, now let's move on to the next step. Now we're gonna try to interpret. Like we're gonna try to come to some conclusions about what we feel like this is saying. If you could go to the next slide. And so again, we're still not quite ready to talk about what is this saying to me, okay? We, what we should be asking is what did this mean to them, right? The original author of this, uh, which book are we, Matthew? The original author, Matthew, and he's writing to his audience here in the first century, right? Like, what was he trying to say to them? What did it mean to them? So that's the question. What are, what do you feel like are the key points in this? And what are some key questions, right, that as you read, you probably have some questions that are coming up, and, and some questions that you feel like, I feel like this is a key question to answer. If I really want to understand what, what Matthew was trying to say to these disciples, okay? And so on the next slide, here's just some examples of some types of questions you might be asking, I think, if I remember what I put on the next slide, yeah. You know, what does this teach us about Jesus? Uh, what, what, what he was like, what he cares about, what angers him, what, his will is, uh, what does this teach us about ourselves, about humanity, or about ourselves? That's a typo. Um, how is our situation similar? Wait, no, no, wait. Sorry, this is out of order. This should, I think this should be applied. So, um, actually, yeah, pretend you didn't see that slide. <laughs> so, um, wait, is there another slide? Okay, maybe not. I, I could be misremembering. I bet. Let me see. Yeah, okay. So, basically, we're going to try to answer these questions. And the, tr- the way that we're going to try to answer these questions is one, maybe just the immediate context. A lot of times the answers to our questions are within the passage itself, right? If we just read it carefully enough, or maybe the immediate context, maybe what came before or after our passage, or maybe if we're familiar with the entire book that that will give some insights into the question or, you know, maybe if your Bible has, you know, uh, parallel passages or cross references that you can look up, right? So here is, I think, where you can maybe bring in some of your commentary. So if you have a study Bible, You know and you've kind of looked at the passage you're trying to answer these questions yeah okay go ahead let's bring in our commentaries let's bring in our study Bibles let's shoot email the pastors (laughs) right like uh, one thing I'll say is like I think as a pastor uh, when you when when one of the members emails you or messages you (laughs) I don't know if these guys feel like it I felt like this my first reaction was okay who's sick (laughs) who's in trouble who's leaving, <laughs> right? Like, it just, it's, I just always felt like the message was gonna be one of those three things, right? And I just imagine that if, you, if they received a message from you like, hey, I'm, I'm reading the Bible and I have this question, <laughs> dude, they're gonna be like, let's go, like, <laughs> yes, right? Like, this is better than like coffee or whatever, like, let's, let's do this, right? And so re- message the pastors if, if you want to, but try to answer these questions, right? and try to come to some conclusions about these questions. And I will say on this step, it's okay if you don't understand everything. It's okay if you ask some questions that you don't quite, you you can't quite figure out exactly what the answer is. Like, don't let that stop you. I think the saying is that perfection is the enemy of progress, right? And so it's okay if you can't figure everything out. I mean, we're gonna be studying this thing for the rest of our lives, right? The mysteries of God are, are within this book. It's okay if you didn't answer every question. I, I still got tons of questions, right? The book of Revelation, is, the entire thing is a question to me. I, I, I understand it a little bit more over the years, but there's still plenty in there I don't understand. The prophets, man, when I read the books of the prophets, I'm like 50% of this, I don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> You know, I'm still kind of wondering what exactly is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Like I have some ideas read some good commentaries. I can still get some truth out of that But what is that tree? I I still don't know exactly so don't let the stuff that you can't understand Stop you because I think there's still a lot more that you probably can understand. Okay, and so try to come to some conclusions So let's go back to the passage now and I want you guys to spend um, or let's go through this and kind of talk through this. Like, what are some questions that you guys have coming out of this passage? Or what, what do you feel like are sort of the, the key points? And again, don't okay. l- leave it on what it's saying to them. Okay, not not yet what it's saying to me. But yeah, share with me. What, what do you feel like are the key questions? What do you feel like are the key points? Why did this okay, the, the, yeah, very good question. right? Why did Matthew feel like this was important to to include? Which I guess is the question we're trying to answer, right? Okay, any other questions, observations, or not observations, uh, insights? Why doesn't Jesus answer the question? What was their question again? Sorry. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, good one. All right. So, why doesn't Jesus answer their question? Okay, good one. Okay, so what are the roadblocks that the hometown people have to answering or to, to, to believing in Jesus? Okay. Okay, yeah. Kind of related. Kind of related. Like, why doesn't Jesus try more to convince them? Like, hey, well, yeah, let me do this, <laughs> and then you, got, you will believe, right? Doesn't seem like he does that. It's like, okay, I guess they don't believe me. Okay. Any other questions or insights? What do you feel like are the key points? Yeah, which is like the closest thing probably for them to like what we're doing here, right? Like they would gather on the Sabbath and they have their synagogue that somebody would read from the, the Torah And then somebody would kind of like talk about it and explain at least I think that's what happens I, I'm not an expert on synagogue. But yeah, it was, it was probably very localized like they're You know kind of like families would kind of group up into synagogues like based on their I mean, I don't know how big Jesus's hometown is. So I don't know if there's more than one synagogue or not, but you know, it's it should be kind of a localized gathering, which is why they all know him. Okay, so so the question was mm. Okay, yeah, 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 he's not just talking to like people who have no context, but these are religious people and they're familiar with the scriptures They're okay. Yeah, that's a good insight Yeah, okay, so that's kind of an inside and a question, right? That there's definitely a connection here between healing or some sort of like outworking of God's power and belief, right, but at the same time, like there's a lot of questions that raises as well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's this switch, right? What what causes them to go from amazed to offense? Right? Why why are they offended? <laughs> yeah, so that's a great question. Yeah, why the switch, and why are they okay? Uh, Steve, uh, first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so in the previous sections, it's like a recording of Jesus' teaching. He's teaching in a lot of parables, and then here it's like kind of more of a narrative. It doesn't, doesn't really talk much about what Jesus, maybe, I mean, maybe we can assume that a lot of what he was teaching was similar to what he was teaching in the other places. We don't know, but it doesn't record much of that. I'm yeah. just curious, like, we done terrible and um, clearly the word had been mm-hmm. the word had reached them already, and they period that they hadn't heard at all that Jesus was doing get sense that they heard they, um, yeah. right. mm-hmm. OK, uh, Vanessa. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh so it might not be that he was necessarily like oh hey we invited you to come preach that day but it could just be that it was his turn to, to read so do you know if they also would typically make comments about the reading like so for instance i'm thinking of another story where jesus was in the synagogue and then he reads that scroll from isaiah right about like Setting the captives free and proclaiming the the year of the Lord's favor. And then I think he said like This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing and then people got wild. <laughs> right? like, so is it like I wonder I wonder if it was typical for the person who was reading to like also make some sort of comments about it. I, I don't know if anybody here is an expert on synagogues, you please let us know. Uh, Meg, were you gonna say something? No, okay, so um, this is hard because we're, we are on limited time Like normally you would probably take these questions and take these insights and kind of marinate on it a little bit or do some time you know spend some time reading commentaries and things like that we don't have that kind of time but does anybody here feel like they can bring some insight to some of the questions that we just raised you know whether whether it be from from the passage itself or just some knowledge that you're bringing some some commentary that maybe is in your study bible like any of these questions that we raise I, i probably should have done this better where we could like see what the questions are but Does anybody feel like you can kind of bring some insight to any of these questions that we've just raised? Yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay Yeah Yeah, so I think what you're saying is because one of the questions we asked is how does it go from amazement to offense and what we, maybe what we're missing because we're not, we don't, are not familiar with synagogue. It's not like our typical church service where one person talks and you listen, but there's a lot of discussion and debate maybe that happens there. And so somewhere in the course of, of, of Jesus and the, the people of, of, in the synagogue discussing and, and debating and all that stuff, it, it, it turns. <laughs> they turn on him, right? It goes from, from amazement to, okay, to uh, offense, okay. Anybody else like feel like you have any like insight you can kind of bring or you can kind of you feel like you can kind of Crystallize some of the key points of of this passage at least what you're what you're seeing from this Oh good Uh, that definitely seems to be a key point, right? That their, their familiarity with him became a stumbling block to them. Like, he was too familiar with them. In fact, I mean, the word familiar and family seem, like, pretty real, Like, they're coming from the same root word. Like, like, Jesus is basically like family to these people in the synagogue, right? And th- something about that familiarity, rather than making them more apt to believe, <laughs> seems, for whatever reason, to make them less likely to believe. Right? And that even happens with Jesus' own family, right? it seems like, in other passages, right? right? Something about that familiarity doesn't make them more open to it, it makes them less open to it for some reason. right? Okay. Anybody else? Uh, We've we got to move on in a second, but anybody else want to kind of try to crystallize some of, some of this? Mm. And was so, But Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Like he's it's almost yeah. like he's 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 punching above his weight in their eyes. Like he he's 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 acting above his station like hey you're you guys are not one of the you know upper echelon like you know you're not one of these like chosen rabbis you didn't study under one of these you know famous rabbis like who are you to be coming here and speaking to us this way and 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 gathering disciples to yourself when you are not in the lineage of you know our our like kind of typical lineage of of rabbis and disciples so maybe there's a sense of like this uppity Jesus, like, well, what are you doing, man? Like, slow your roll, like, calm down, right? Uh, Who do you think you are? And who gets it versus who doesn't get it is not necessarily that you are a Jewish person who has grown up in this culture and you have the Torah and you go to synagogue and stuff like that that's not what determines whether you are a person who gets it or not or you are a kingdom person or not right but your 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 response to to Jesus and and the the gospel okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like appalled, <laughs> yeah maybe, I don't know. That would be a good, yeah. see, if, if you were going to study it further, maybe you could look at the, the word, right? And maybe look up the, the Greek and see, oh, maybe there's some extra color that we would get from that. So that would be a way you could kind of go deeper in that. All right, so I know that you probably have more, is there anything that you guys are just like burning in your soul to share? Okay. So the last step, so that was really good. So that, that's application. And then the last step is, or I'm sorry, that was interpretation and now the last step, now we're ready to apply. Now we're ready to ask the question, what does this say to me? Like what can I get from this? How is the spirit using this to say something to me? And you know one thing that I'll kind of point out is like the text doesn't have like multiple, it can't mean something different to everybody. The the text has one meaning, but even though it has one meaning, it can be applied in many different ways, depending on who you are, who your circumstances are, like what's going on in your life, right? So there's one meaning, and I feel like we've done a pretty good job of getting to that meaning, or at least most of it, but now is to really sit with the Spirit. And this is, I think, actually the, the, the most important work when we're studying the Bible, is to really sit with it now. And now that I really understand this thing, like how, how does this speak to me? How, how is this relevant to my life in some way? Is there something that God is? And now this is where we go to that slide. Um, so it might be out of order, Michael, sorry. Yeah, some, some questions to ask as we're trying to sit with this word and, and apply it. Like, what does this teach us about Jesus, about God? What what he's like, what he cares about, what angers him, what, what is his will is? You know, what, what does this teach us about ourselves and about humanity? How is our situation similar to the original audience? And maybe how is it different? Is there a command here that to to obey is is Jesus leading me into something or maybe is he leading me out (laughs) and away from something? Is he challenging my thinking in some way? Is he is he asking me to change my mind about something? Is he countering some sort of lie that the enemy has been telling me and and getting me to believe that? These are the kinds of questions that we can kind of ask and and sit with as we're letting the Word of God letting Jesus speak to us through his word. And so I want to give you guys a minute here. We're kind of, yeah, we're, we're, we're at time, so we're not going to spend too much time here, but um, obviously you have not not had very much time to really sit with this and meditate on it, but I'm just kind of curious. Does anybody feel like, yeah, this is how this, this is speaking to me? Yeah, so not to be afraid to step out of like people's perception of you, especially people who are very familiar with you, right? Like people who know you very well, it can be very hard to to step out of that box that they put me in. Like, come on, man, I know you. Come on, dude. I know you, right? Like, come on, dude. Right? Like they're, they're, that familiarity sometimes, right, can be a stumbling block for them but also for you, right? But to, to have the courage to step out and be who God has called you to be and, and to do what he's called you to do. Okay. Anybody else? Any? To add to that, um, I'm the only Christian in my family, and uh, when I'm talking about my beliefs in my family, I feel very similar. Mm-hmm. It's not a in the same way. I might from coming from outside of my family. growing up. So yeah. Dude, we we knew you when you were in ISIL. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So kind of like the end of the passage, kind of reflecting on that whole, like, yeah. Uh Uh-oh, Tom. Maybe not taking offense in the same way that these guys are taking offense. Any anybody else want to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you, you detect that humility there. Yeah, all right, I I think that we could keep going for for a long time, but you know, we got to wrap this up Uh, I actually don't even remember now what time we normally in church. So we're probably probably past that time, my bad Um, Yeah, a lot of good stuff So this is kind of what we would like to invite you guys into to join us for the next ten weeks And you know, I mean, I mean obviously we did like a very elaborate process maybe some of you guys are writing down You don't have to do that, right? Like, sometimes I just read the Bible. Like I don't like write it down or whatever, but I always think in this way when I'm reading the Bible, I always think in this process. Okay. There's a bridge of culture, history and context that I need to cross. So first, I'm just going to read it and just see what's on the page. Okay. Now I'm going to try to try to think, okay, what are the key points that the original author is making to the original audience? What do I feel like are the key questions? I'm going to try to answer those questions. Now I'm ready to say, okay, what I, how, can, how do I think I can apply this? I, even if I'm just reading it, like as I'm lying in bed, I always think that process as I'm reading through it to, so that I never just read it and be like, oh, God told me to do this, right? Like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing a, a good job with the scriptures. And so, like I said, uh, so on the Facebook group, we're going to share, one, we'll share the PDF of the reading plan so you guys can know what the readings are for the next 10 weeks. Two, we, I will share a summary of this inductive Bible study method um, so you guys can review it. And then three we'll share a link to the One Life podcast if you guys aren't following yet You guys can follow along and every Wednesday for the next ten weeks We'll have an episode where basically it'll be kind of like a mini version of this where somebody from the church will share their process of observing Interpreting and applying through one of the readings for that Wednesday. Okay. All right. Let me close in prayer Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word and I thank you that when we come at it when we come at your word as a community, man, it speaks, Lord, there's, there's so much there. and So much that we didn't even get to say. There's, there's so much truth just bursting out of it. And so I pray that you be with us and uh, be with us this summer as we really, really lean into um, studying your word as a discipline. So we thank you and pray in Jesus' name.